This podcast was first broadcast on 92.6 FM Radio Verulam. Go to radioverulam.com to find more Environment Matters podcasts and if you enjoy what we do, to find out how you can support the station, which is run entirely by volunteers. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Welcome to Environment Matters with me, Amanda Yorworth. Environment Matters is the show that brings you news on issues of sustainability and the environment from around St Albans and from further afield. Now, here on Environment Matters, we hear from people who are motivated to help the environment in all sorts of different ways. Joining protests, doing something practical like insulating their homes or, as we've heard in recent weeks, going on an eco-pilgrimage. And then there's some people who like to set themselves a challenge. Well, back in July, a team calling themselves Pedal for Parks completed a cycle challenge from the Orkney Isles to the City Isles. And that includes aquabiking the sea crossings and taking in national parks along the way. Well, having cycled Land's End to John O'Groats, I know that that is hard enough by itself. But continuing the journey over the sea on aquabikes? Well, that would need to be for a very good cause. And it was. I spoke to one of the Pedal for Parks team, a local chap called Isaac Kenyon. And of course, the first thing I wanted to know was, whose idea was this challenge and why? The challenge came from myself um, a long time ago. I was rowing across the Atlantic Ocean and I was thinking about all the things that actually mattered to myself uh, at that point. You had 40 days at sea and there was a lot of time to think. And when it all came down to it, I cared about family, friends and nature. Nature was so important for my mental and physical health and it provided me a lot of inspiration. So I wanted to my next challenge to have something involving nature and came up with the idea of cycling through the UK. And I introduced it to a couple of my friends who wanted to join. And then from that point, we were thinking, oh, why don't we go through the national parks and raise money for national parks? Because those are our most prized and precious places in the UK but as adventurers and outdoors people we really really want to to preserve and protect these places so we thought to ourselves let's raise money for national parks and we came across the National Parks Foundation and that foundation is fairly new as a charity and it combines and coordinates the communication across 15 of the national parks so we thought to ourselves well we don't want to just raise money for one national park. We want to do a scalable effort. So we chose the National Park Foundation. So what did you hope to achieve from the challenge? Was it a fundraising challenge or an awareness raising challenge? Or, or, or what, 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 was the, what was the, yes, we'll succeed when we do this part of it? Well, originally it was just going to be a fundraising challenge to try and raise as much money for the national parks as possible. And then we thought to ourselves, well, actually, we could raise a bit of money and people could donate to us. Or what we could do is we could raise a lot of awareness and education, which will then actually probably have a bigger impact and a bigger step change than just a little bit of financial money. So then we kind of morphed the challenge into being kind of an educational film uh, where we decided to make it into not just an expedition, but a film documentary as well, which we would then release content on. And so I guess the success of the challenge was, one, let's get from A to B and do all of, and then meet all of the different environmental advocates that we met along the way and highlight all of their solutions and ask them really inquisitive questions about where they're going, what they're doing and how, how they can see this scaling up and how they can help the national parks. 
And then from there, we have a bit more of a success story once we have the film released. As you said there, you spent some time on your way to the starting point of your challenge, interviewing environmental advocates to get their take on what can be done to curb the UK's environmental crisis. Can you give us a, um, a taster for the kind of people you spoke to? Can you give us some examples? Well, we spoke to um, a good friend of mine, David Saddington. He's the head of Nature Campaign for the United Nations Climate Change Conference in Glasgow. He gave us a sort of an overarching view across the UK of where we're going, what we're doing in terms of the environmental space and how we're interconnecting um, a lot of businesses uh, with the environment and nature to coincide. Uh, Who else we spoke to on the way up were grassroots projects, which were quite inspiring, where it was community-led projects such as the um, Northern Roots Project, which is Oldham Way. They got this lovely, big, expansive park that's in between urban landscape. And what they're trying to do is turn this into a sort of a nature haven where we're rewilding, introducing new birds and plants, and then introducing workshops for the community to get involved for their, to improve their physical and mental health and actually get them contributing to, to, to improving nature. And then we also, we went to a beaver retreat and we're talking about how beavers can be quite influential in one, protecting uh, our infrastructure from flooding, but also in terms of the ecology improvement of an area. When we spoke to United Nations, David, he was telling us that it's one of the least biodiverse places in the world, the UK right now. There was a lot of emphasis on rewilding and um, restoring and regenerating a lot of places. We then spoke to um, some people in the energy space who are working on the climate solutions towards net zero um, and working towards climate solutions that would help us move away from fossil fuels, especially in the Orkney Islands, which is where the start of our expedition was, discussing sort of the sustainable energy sources such as tidal energy, which could generate a little bit more consistently over wind and solar. The tides are very predictable. So um, we were talking to the um, O2, the Orbital Marine Power Limited, who have this huge O2, they call it, big machine that's out in the Orkneys right now. Um, it's all over the news um, that's generating electricity. And they're lo- and then all of the different to- sort of organisations like the European Marine Centre of Energy, w- who are based up in Orkneys, that are looking to create a new hydrogen economy. And we were discussing with them, how does the hydrogen economy mean... Um, for, for the local consumer and wh- why, why should we get behind such a solution in trying to um, curb c- carbon emissions? And yeah, these are the sorts of organisations we were in touch with. So it was, it was quite across the board. And then during the expedition, we actually interviewed along the way other organisations and the national parks themselves. And we went to six different national parks and we interviewed, I think, three or four of the nas- national park um, representatives. It sounds like you, you've spoken there to, to lots of different people with lots of, of interesting and diverse solutions to the environmental crisis that we're facing at the moment. So what are you going to do with all of those interviews? Yeah, so it was filmed and the interviews were filmed and the expedition was filmed. So first, we're going to create an expedition documentary that we've chosen some selective interviews to highlight the climate solutions specific to national parks. And then from there, we want to essentially create a series of the bigger, wider environmental climate solution piece, which is essentially 
going to be a lot bigger with all all the other 20 interviews that we did. So we're being very selective in our film and then we want to create an actual series that has all the other interviews in them too and then have that broadcasted. That's the ambition anyway. What what are your plans for the film? What Who do you hope is going to be watching this and where is it going to be shown? The nature of these films, these adventure films and these ecological films is that they tend to be in the reach of those who are already converted, if that makes sense, those who are already aware of environmental matters. I'm an environmentalist now, but maybe five years ago, I wasn't a very good environmentalist. I've gone through a journey myself and it's never too late to do that change. And what we want to do is trying to show this film to people who could also try and be a bit more environmentally aware. So putting it in places like Amazon Prime, where most consumers are, would be quite useful. Um, taking it to film festivals, um, not necessarily always the obvious ones like environmental film festivals, but maybe just some general film festivals, just to try and get people engaged in, in the content and thinking differently. It's, you know, Right now, we know the environmental crisis has been quite it's been fairly negative. Um, the press has been quite, it's been quite difficult for people to get their head around it. It's like, well, there's this big problem. What can we do about it? So we hope this film shows a bit of hope as well. The, you know, instead of us all sitting and complaining and we can actually get involved in helping these projects. There's a lot of local grassroots projects out there that people can get involved in. That sounds tremendous. Look, look forward to, to seeing it. It sounds like, as you say, quite an exciting and, and positive film. So you've focused your challenge around national parks. And as you say, you visited national parks on your way from John O'Groats back down to Land's End. And Britain's national parks are, are not doing so well at the minute. Back in March 2019, they were close to losing their UN na- nature reserve status because of the impact that human activity was having on wildlife in the parks. And quite recently, we heard about how the Lake District had suffered from the erosion impacts of so many lockdown walkers. Will any of the money that you have raised be used to correct some of these problems? Um, A lot of our money is going to be used in regeneration activities like peatland restoration or fixing tracks so that people don't go off the tracks to make their new tracks. So the more established a specific track is, the more footfall can be condensed into one area. We're going to have a lot of our money going towards restoration of those um, and also into education campaigns. So National Parks UK also do quite a lot of um, educational campaigns to schools and how to behave or you know act in, in these spaces. Um, and then rewilding initiatives. So there's a lot of tree planting going on in areas of, of national parks. Yeah. Um, and and why do you think that national parks are, are particularly important? I mean, particularly important at this time, really? They're so important at this time, especially during, I guess, the pandemic. People will start to realise how important the outdoors really is and getting the outdoor space. Being locked up indoors, you start thinking about what do you actually care about? And most people are like, I just want some fresh air and space. National Parks is full of fresh air and space. It's not a, it's not a city. It's not an urban environment. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a natural ha- haven for for us and and I think why why they're really important now more so than ever is because they're um, under extreme pressures from tourism so people have discovered national parks or have not had the opportunity to go on holidays abroad so they're going the next best place would be a national park or something like this 
and there's an extremely high amount of people who are migrating into national parks who don't necessarily know maybe of how to treat them, uh, how to respect them because they're not taught like this in schools or they come from urban areas where there isn't really much green spaces. So they don't, you know, sometimes they just will throw rubbish or they will uh, walk wherever they want, um, scare off animals, um, all sorts of things like this. Small, small things, but with lots of people doing it, they become big things. And I think right now we're under a lot of pressure in the national parks because there is such high amounts of tourism and human impact um, and activity going on. It's quite, it's quite a challenge in trying to educate as well as um, allow people to come to these places for their mental and physical health and to enjoy and experience and learn, but not at the detriment of the environment. So it's quite a challenge. Yes, indeed, quite a balance. Um, but, but as you're saying, you know, perhaps the money that you've raised, it's uh, particularly needed at this time. So what's now for the team? Have you got another challenge planned? We would like to carry on this, this sort of experience that we've gone on where we're doing sort of outdoor adventures. One of the reasons why we do so is because when people start doing outdoor activities, they start caring about the outdoors. They don't want the outdoors to be damaged. They don't want it to be taken over so the more people who get involved in sort of these outdoor activities say hiking whatever it is the better in a sense for educating on protecting these spaces so we want to carry on doing that doing lots of adventures in the outdoors and then we want to do an educational piece with every adventure how can we do this sustainably like our entire adventure we had so many things in the background to have more of a sustainability impact so we had recycled kit we had these um, bamboo toothbrushes, bamboo sunglasses, bamboo clothes. We had lots of different things that we were doing to make it eco and just highlighting that as well as the outdoor aspect, as well as why we need to protect these these spaces through talking to people from, from the national park um, about the pressures and the issues, I think is uh, where we want to be really and just continuing continuing this drive because, uh, I mean, just doing it once is, is not enough. You need to kind of push push it quite hard um and and it needs it needs the time and longevity to to really take hold so that's what we're doing at the moment is uh, planning probably a new adventure that is in a similar strain of what we've just done indeed and how do we support you in your efforts um yeah it's uh quite easy to support us so um just sharing what we're doing and um, so that people can listen and learn about our film and what we're about to do watch our film when it comes out the best place to find out all that information when it comes out the film or, or find out about us is at www.pedalforparks. So that's pedal and the number four parks.co.uk. And also you can um, you know, type in pedal for parks into Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all of the social medias really. And you'll find some content about us or when our film's going to be released. Um, and yeah, just share, share our film and tell others about it and, Maybe by watching the film, you'll learn things that you didn't know before. Um, I certainly did during this expedition. It was definitely a learning experience more than an expedition. <laughs> just one more question, just about the actual expedition itself. What was the hardest part of it? Oh, OK. So I think the hardest part of the expedition was probably having the energy and the brain capacity to ask inquisitive questions and keep your focus in interviews while still cycling 100 miles a day. So we'll cycle 100 miles a day, all the elevation, and then you'd you'd be sweaty and hot, and then you'd have to 
compose yourself and within about 10 minutes 10 minutes of coming off your bike you're in an interview setting and you're discussing climate solutions with some very very engaging and energetic individuals who really want to share their their projects and you, you have to be completely that was the hardest part I think indeed it certainly sounds like that Isaac thank you very much indeed for telling us about that I was talking there to Isaac Kenyon of the Pedal for Parks team and I did just love the way that he dropped in when I was rowing across the Atlantic wow amazing well as Isaac said do look up Pedal for Parks online and on social media and we look forward to seeing their film when it's ready And if you'd like to hear more about what it was like doing the Pedal for Parks Challenge, then Verulam Sport has that covered in a podcast that you'll find on the podcast page of RadioVerulam.com. Now, do get in touch via Twitter at RV underscore Environment, via the Environment Matters Facebook page, or just drop me a line on Amanda at RadioVerulam.com. I'm going to be back at the same time next week, but until then, thank you for listening.